Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. Phone-in elements of these shows are not available, but if you'd like to comment or give us feedback on our shows, you can tweet us at Lovesport Radio. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Alternatively, you can find this and other podcasts on iTunes or Spotify using the keyword Lovesport. Well, it's a merry, merry scene here <laughs> in the Love Sports Studio right now, singing along to that introductory song. Of course we are. And of course, there is only one Patrick Bamford. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I'm sure we're going to talk about him over the course of the next hour on this, the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, as always, with John McKenzie from All Stats, All Stats, aren't we? And Mark Thompson as well Hi. of All Stats, aren't we? How are we, Mark? Yeah, we're good. Good. Yeah? Yeah. Good. We're... we're playing well we've won two games in a row and we're in the top three he can't life yeah. is good why not it's nearly Christmas we're all buzzing John opening stat oh actually, actually Ma- that Ma- comes, Ma- Ma- comes from me yeah sorry uh, well uh, this is a wider rule of 17 that I have but let's go for the top line of it after the next round of fixtures uh, at least one of the top three sides will get promoted that is uh, after the last 15 seasons 15 times one of the top three has been promoted uh, after 17 games. Right, so after 17 games, sorry, Paddy was in yep. my ear then, so I just sorry. missed the beginning of that there, Paddy. <laughs> after 15 games... After 17 games... 17 games... One of the top three... Will, one of those top three will get promoted. Wow. And that's that's a like just a starting stat for this because it's it's kind of remarkable. There's always a, a point of the season which makes sense that the league table kind of balances out a little bit. But for example, the top six last year... Five of them were in the top six at the end of the season. There was only Middlesbrough who dropped out mm. and only Villa who went on that very good round after Christmas who got in. Uh, and this te- seems to be a consistent thing over the last 15 years since the championship came into being. Um, specifically, another stat that comes with this is that only seven sides... Um, let me guess right. Oh, so only four teams in the history of the championship have gone up automatically after being outside of the top six after 17 games so in 15 years mm-hmm. four sides have managed to do that and none in the last seven seasons wow i think i've got all of that yeah. and are you <laughs> Very specific. What, what's quite coincidental here is that are you saying this has literally been since the championship was, was developed formed? yeah wow and so that, that's how far back this goes it, but it makes sense that at some point in the season it, the, it goes against this common knowledge of the championship that oh there's always one side that does it there's always one and there's always one side that does do a push, but everyone remembers Reading and everyone remembers Sunderland, the sides that managed to get these automatic places after coming from the bottom of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But mostly, a side does a rush, just kind of gets into the playoffs, and then one in two times, that side will then get promoted by the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's not a surefire thing that a side will come from nowhere and get promoted. Most of the time, the top five or six after 17 games will be there at the end of the season. 
Well, there we go then. That's the show for the next uh, however many weeks of the season. <laughs> fascinating stuff, that. That is fascinating stuff. Just a very quick side note, by the way, on the championship. When this whole rebranding first came into being, I was working at a League Two club at the time and I was like, this is rubbish. I'm not on board with this. The championship, what's that all about? It's can't with League One, League Two. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It takes, I must have taken about a couple of months and instantly you are just in that zone. Yeah, and it is the championship. It's the brand. The branding of it makes a lot of sense, and that's the same. It worked for the Premiership. Obviously, there's a point where you have to sort of draw a line. You can't have a new name for League One and a new name for League Two. <laughs> the cool ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep on going. But I mean, I think that's we'll, we'll see what happens with the new head of the championship. So, as so well. were you working for a Division Three side then? I was working for a Division, well, a Division Four side. You could say. Oh, and yeah. it became. Yeah, and it became a League Two side. Yeah, that's all right. Well, but then, right. but then it would have been Division Three. Yeah, so yeah, not yeah. Division Four. Yeah, so it was. So Division it was, it was, it was good. It sort of like slowly pushed you up. Slowly, yeah, slowly pushed the club up. I suppose it was in that time when Coca Cola were sponsors and they had all the different colours. Do you remember? Yeah. And it was a weird time where they had the uh, bizarre campaign where they got teams, and I think Leeds were one that were very, very high up. In fact, I think Leeds were the highest at the time, where fans had to just enter something on a website. It was literally a case of going on a website and either entering your name or clicking something. And Leeds United fans just went bonkers. Yeah, don't do that. That that is a terrible idea. Yeah, ridiculous. Do not do do online polls with Leeds fans. (laughs) Right. Okay. Actually, do you know what? This is this is interesting because this happened to me when I was working for a magazine quite a few years later as well. That we did a poll. And we left it completely open. We didn't name the players. We just said, who's the, young, the best young player in the, in, outside of the Premier League? And Sam Byram was rocking. <laughs> and at the time, I, I was like, who is Sam Byram? Yeah. <laughs> so many votes for Sam Byram. It, the, the forums, it, it was bad enough with just the forums, but now there's the Twitter... Yeah. Uh, the, the LUFC Twitterati, which uh, it's mad. Yeah, they'll t- they'll take you down. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful oh, what you say. Don't don't do ask me anything either. That's a terrible idea. Oh yeah, I think they're a terrible idea anyway. <laughs> Especially when they have those Twitter like ask Stevie G or I think yeah. that one or ask Kendo went crazy with so many horrible questions. Um, the outcome, by the way, of that poll, the Coca Cola poll, was Colin Cousin Richards ended <laughs> up being the Coca Cola kid who went to Brighton. Yeah, was playing in South America last last season. I think yeah. was it last season and. Uh, Won, he won the the won the league with I can't remember who won the league with but I think he was like the first f- foreign player to win the, the Brasilia oh, really? Brasilier or someone yeah but Sam Byron's in the Premiership so <laughs> yeah there you go he should have won the man that Norwich spent all their summer money on <laughs> Sam Byron um, going back to the game of course last weekend another two goals at Ellen Road and Patrick Bamford we can't ignore it scored his first goal since August 10 games without a goal but he stepped up with a penalty and you've got to give it to him stepping up to take a penalty is is take some guts yeah he needed to take that penalty <laughs> yeah. I think I don't think anyone was was bemoaning that he took it but he had an excellent game um, he was also instrumental in the in the um, mm. assist for the other for the other uh, the other goal. Jack that Harrison's touch was goal. amazing. Brilliant. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and you know that say what you like about Eddie Nketiah, he's not doing that. Um, I don't think so. It was it was nice to see it was nice to see Paddy doing what he's supposed to do. And um, yeah, I, I it was a great game. Um, we were talking just before we came on air about how the last couple of games have been quite nice. They've been sort of like easy wins. Um, nothing to not not too much fuss, um, just sort of not even not even grinding out results, just sort of like easing through them, and I think that's what we really need to be doing for the next few games. Just to just the, to it's the regulation win. Yeah. The, 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 they're the wins that sides go up on because you have a home game against a mid-table side that might offer a bit of problems to some people, but if you're going to go up, you need to win them. Mm. That's there's there's no uh, and the problem is we slipped up against Forest and against Derby. Uh, and those two were games which should have been regulation wins earlier in the season. So hopefully there's been some lessons learned. And that said, we did concede our only shot on target. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but, so, but, so, so old habits die hard. Uh, you know what? The last five goals we've conceded against Blackburn have all been set pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's one penalty, I think. Uh, there's three corners and a free kick. So uh, it, we just know we, we're going to concede in a set piece against Blackburn. Let's just give them that. <laughs> Let's just give them that at the start of the game. It's just frustrating. We'll, we'll work on from there. <laughs> yeah, it's just frustrating that it was literally the, pretty much the only time yeah. they were really in the box. Poor, poor Ailing on the floor, like punching. It's like <laughs> it, you messed up. Like we all saw it. He ran across you. Mm. You lost your. Like, it was you absolutely just open for a second. as well. He was there was no yeah. there was no danger of anyone in his vicinity. But he did win the penalty bang in front of bang in <laughs> Again, front of goal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah. So. Yeah, fair enough. Interestingly as well, Tony Mowbray's comments after the game, 
I thought they were, I mean, I'm sure you'll have more to say on this. You may have already seen it as well. I mean, he said it's always intense when you come to Ellen Road. The referee gives a penalty. He said, I've seen it a few times on my laptop. Don't agree with it. All right, laptop. All right, Tony, that's fine. <laughs> Standard refereeing, he didn't like that. He also said Leeds didn't have hundreds of shots. And when we got back to 2-1, there was a nervousness about them. We wanted to prey on that nervousness, but it never materialised. If he thought that was nervousness, he's not seen that very probably. <laughs> yeah, like, we, yeah. We've been far more nervous than that in the past. Um, the, the penalty... It's one of those where you're annoyed when it's given against you, but when it's with you, you're kind of on the side of it. But Ailing has this Ailing flop, which has become synonymous with him, where he just knows how to win a free kick wherever he is. But there was a stupid thing where they just seemed to run into each other, and the guy left his leg dangling in the penalty box. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where people will say, you know, it looks a bit soft, but then you say, well, all the defender had to do there was just clear the ball. If he clears the ball, yeah. it's fine. Instead, he misses the ball and takes out the player. It's like it's pretty stonewall. Um, yeah. The referee, I thought we got a lot of we got a lot of decisions from the referee. Yeah. <laughs> it was quite surprising. It's nice to see. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't always happen that way. And I, I say that as someone who tries to remain relatively neutral in these things, and it's not, I'm not too bothered about referees usually. But I was surprised at how many decisions we got from the ref. So it's just nice to have a, a fairly comfortable. Like we we scored in what, the 30th minute or something. I was like, this is probably one of the earliest goals we've scored this season. It's, um, I mean, the last five games we've won three, drawn two. And the two we drew were against top six sides away from home. I mean, it's you, a great you, that's, return that's since losing want, to Millwall. Right? That is a great return of results. And mm. the last time I was here was pre Millwall, and I was just saying we're not going to we, we lose at Millwall. That's just what we do. Yeah. So like, we just again, there's certain games for Leeds we just sort of write off at the start of the season. Go well, no points from that, despite the fact that everyone thinks we should. It's just how it works for us. Any other stat? I mean, any other standout performances, or was it literally just a case of, like you said, the week before as well? It was just going through when the system works. That's mm. just what it is. Yeah, the system is weird at the moment. I think just because there are so many different, um, there's, there's so many different people out. But it was nice to see Tyler Roberts. I think you'll probably agree with me that he was probably the standout player there. Um, interesting. It's just interesting seeing. The, the sort of focal points that you have in the system when, when certain players are playing. So obviously Jack Harrison is a focal point, but Tyler Roberts was going ball near. So whenever we, were, whenever we had possession, he would he would go across towards the, the ball and, and Click would drop off. So he could go either right or left. Um, and, and they were trying to get the ball to him and he was doing a huge amount of the of the progression work, which was which was nice to see. I think he's a really exciting player. He's, I can see why he doesn't get played very much in the system because he is... He's a he's a player who who likes to carry the ball, and I think Bielsa wants players who are gonna who are gonna move the ball around through passing and movement. Um, sometimes he holds onto the ball a little bit too long, and I think Bielsa would rather have possession of the ball and slow the pace of the game down than 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 look dangerous. I think a lot of Championship fans like the idea of us attacking quite rapidly and sort of counter-attacking, uh, but Bielsa likes to slow it down. He he would rather retain possession of the ball than risk losing the ball and then having to uh, tr- transition back into defence. So I can see why he's not been played, but I thought he was really he was really important for us against Yeah, Parkland. we had a bit of a lull um, after Pablo's injury and before Roberts came back fit, yeah. where there just wasn't enough creativity in the middle of the park. Click tried to do that, but that's not his game. Um, he, he did that amazing pass for Bamford, which he missed uh, it was in the game before yeah. his QPR. But it's not really what he does. Whereas Roberts comes in, he just runs up, he finds the space. He finds these little pockets. Again, Robert's goal against QPR was excellent mm. as well. He, he, that was exactly his game. Where do I find the space? Pop it back to me. And the, it, that when he plays, we miss Pablo less. Yeah, and that's a big thing. I think t- to defend Click, um, he he has been almost. He's been playing more as an eight. Uh, since Forshaw's been out, so we had Jamie Shackleton in. He was probably the more progressive player there um, between between the two of them. And then obviously when Roberts has come in, he's been the more um, uh, defensive player as well. So yeah, I think we're, we're expecting because he is such a good attacking player. Usually, I think we're expecting him to put out the same sort of production figures, but he isn't. But yeah, I think it's nice. It's nice just seeing someone who's got a bit of uh, impetus. I think that's what what Roberts yeah. gives you. You know, he sort of picks the ball up, and you you don't really know what he's going to do, and you know that the ball's going to be progressed um, and he's going to look and try and drive at, at, at players and like the fans like that particularly at Elland Road and the, the obligatory nod to Ben White yeah oh yeah well, <laughs> every, every has game to be done. Just, yeah it has to be done but he's too good he's like it, every game unreal. he's just he does everything right he just doesn't ever make a mistake so yeah there's a certain point where you're assuming he's going to make one mistake and he's going to make loads but he just he's just so composed yeah, yeah like, at, at this player. level 
actually Graham Potter came out, didn't he? I don't know whether it was because he felt like he needed to or because he'd just been asked the question about whether Ben White might be recalled in January, but he said no, he's yeah, going to stay. Yeah, and that's, it's a huge relief because we're, to try and find someone of his level to come in in January to learn Bielsa's system, mm. that would be so hard. I can see why he's keeping him there because it's just he's clearly having a really good season mm. like finish the season out bring him back at the end of the year and then hopefully, play. hopefully get relegated <laughs> and then have to sell him, sell him <laughs> because yeah. you've got Webster already so you know it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but he'll be he, he'll he'll spend a season at Brighton and then he'll be he'll be off to a big side yeah no doubt about that one this is the Leeds United fan show on Lustport next up we've got Amo Dalton from the square ball giving your team a voice love sport radio this is the Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, with John McKenzie and Mark Thompson from All Stats, aren't we? And John McKenzie is back in his seat after a quick rush. A newly <laughs> shaved-headed John McKenzie, I yeah. must say. We're looking more and more similarly. <laughs> 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 little bit, little bit more from down here could be could do with going up there. there but there hey. comes a point when you have to just accept it, right? It, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, we accept it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we now have Owen Brown, Scottish football analysis and co-host of the Pure Football pod on the line. Owen, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks. Mate, great to have you on, mate. We have to talk about a certain Alfredo Morelos banging in the goals again for Rangers this season, linked with Lees, seems to be linked with pretty much every club under the sun at the moment. Is there a chance, is there a possibility this one This one could, uh, could come off? Well, Ross Wilson, who's Rangers' newly appointed sporting director, has said uh, in the last day or two that categorically there will not be any January moves for Alfredo Morelos. Um, so I think the chances might be a little bit slim, um, in January at least. Obviously, you know, a, a ridiculous fee could um, perhaps put some pressure on Rangers to succeed, but there's also a lot of pressure on them to actually win the league, which they have a, a chance of doing this season. So I, I think they would be really, really resistant in January to any sort of moves. Maybe next summer, um, particularly if, rather than when, Leeds go up to the, the Premier League, that might be an opportunity. Hey, Owen, it's John. I've just got a question about the way that um, Alfredo Morelos would fit into the team at, mm-hmm. uh, at Leeds. How do you think that, that he would work in a Bielsa system? Yeah, I, I think he could be a pretty good fit. Um, so Morelos has developed really well um, for Rangers. Um, he, he's very mobile. Um, he's developed this season quite a lot more link-up play. Um, Rangers have kind of switched from more of a kind of straight 4-3-3 to a kind of 4-3-2-1. Um, so he's, he's linking up with the people just behind him a lot more. Um, he's also kind of available for you know passes from Connor Goldson, particularly the right-sided centre back, um, on the deck to, to his kind of right foot. Um, and Morelos um, kind of drops into the kind of half spaces, the channels to, to do that. He's not the sort of player that when he does that will necessarily turn and play a killer pass himself. But he can be involved in link-up. He can bring other people into play. He can um, kind of affect the opposition's defensive structure. Um, so I think you know he'd be good from that perspective. Um, he's also really good in terms of things like um, isolating defenders, kind of pinning a centre back and overpowering them. He's really, really strong in kind of physical one-on-one situations. Really relishes those. And he's also the sort of place player that. Um, can kind of manufacture um, shots for, for himself really well, so he, he kind of, um, you know, is, is really kind of dedicated to scoring goals, to, to getting shots off. Um, he'll he'll run the channels, he'll um, pop up in kind of unexpected areas, um, he, he'll kind of take on people and, and try and get shots off himself. So I think he could be a reasonable fit. In terms of things like um, pressing, I think there's still a little bit for him to learn about maybe being part of a kind of collective unit and kind of maybe press in the way that Bielsa might want a team to. He can be a little bit, um, maybe kind of operates uh, kind of on his own instructions at times, but I think he's shown this season that he's he's open to learning and he is developing, so that might be something to kind of develop further for, for a manager like Bielsa. Hey, and it's Mark. Um, I was just going to, on that note of the, the collective, um, mm. Bielsa is very much about the collective and players working together in more than the sum of its parts. We've seen players who we were, fans were ready to just cast out suddenly become heroes again this season, like mm. Stuart Dallas, for example. Um, is there not a it's a, a problem with Morales's attitude? I know you want a bit of that cockiness in a striker, but um, it, do you think that would work on a Bielsa side? 
Well, I don't think it's an attitude in terms of um, being part of the team or being um, you know, willing to work. Um, I think that he's maybe struggled slightly because the, the league has refereed quite leniently um, and he's been open to being you know, provoked by opposition players and, and that's maybe been where he seemed to have a little bit of an attitude problem in terms of keeping his cool. Um, but he's he's really worked on that and we've seen that improvement this season. So he's only had one yellow card in the league so far this season, which is a marked improvement for him, particularly in a league where he doesn't have a lot of protection. I think that he's the sort of guy that his attitude as a player within the team is a positive. Um, he develops a really good affinity with the crowd. You know, I know Bielsa ha- has you know a good relationship with Leeds fans kind of off the pitch. Morelos can be the fan on the pitch in effect. Um, he's the sort of person that I think the fans will, will love because he's so passionate. Um, and, and I think that the other thing that might work well for him is um, the perception about his attitude is maybe partly driven because he doesn't have the opportunity to communicate as much um, on his own terms because you know he's, he's not a native English speaker um, and he maybe doesn't have a lot of the people. Um, you know, there's no other Spanish speakers in the Rangers team at the moment, so that might change with having somebody like Bielsa where there's a, a you know a closer relationship in terms of language and stuff, and maybe you know how he feels can come across a bit more clearly. Um, but I don't particularly think there is an attitude problem that would be a negative. How do you think this fits within the sort of the general um, flow of his career? Is 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 Alfredo Morelos someone who who sees himself as being ready to make that next step? Would a move yeah. to Leeds Leeds be part of that? How how do you think he will um, he will view this as a as an individual footballer? Sure. Well, I mean, it's hard to tell that because you know you kind of go in partially on kind of secondhand information from um, maybe interviews when he's back in Colombia, and you know there's all sorts of agendas around how those be interpreted by the media here. But in in general terms, the way it seems is that he's he's very intensely driven. Um, you know, very self-motivated. He wants to play at the highest level, um, and you know that's clearly going to be beyond Rangers and beyond Scotland at a certain point. Um, I, I don't know if that would mean Leeds. I think it might be somewhat reliant on them going up to the Premier League. I think he would see his next step. You know, he needs to be very careful um, about what his next move is, and I think he would want to be at a kind of top-level league um, on his next move. Um, but that's not to say if you know the, the maybe the attraction of playing under Bielsa and, and things of that nature as well that might you know make things uh, attractive at even if it was in January and there wasn't necessarily the case that there was uh, Premier League football then. Owen, that's top stuff, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks. That was Owen Brown, Scottish football analyst and co-host of the Pure Fitball pod gents that's interesting stuff there i think from owen i think he raises a very good point that really i think if alfredo morelos leaves rangers if we're saying in the january transfer window for example if he's to go to a championship club albeit a championship club that could well go up to the premier league i think that there would be question marks raised just purely because of the guys 22 and 26 in all comps for rangers this season i think if you go to a championship club I don't know, it's more likely he'll go to the Premier League, right? Well, it, it sounds like his agent's getting very busy at the moment. And it, I mean, going from that, it sounds like Rangers aren't... They're either going to play very hardball or they'll just let him have to hang on until the summer because they do want to win the title, break Celtic's long run. Um, also, you've got the problem that we we just we don't spend in January. That's not a thing. Um, well, it's we, interesting that, isn't it? It's not been, was it Forshaw and Roberts last year or a couple uh, of years ago? Casilla yeah. came in last year, so not many. We don't we don't really do it. We, we try and find a bargain. Author's very consistent in saying you do not get good value for money in January. Um, it, if we get the odd player, it will be a replacement for Jack Clark going back to Spurs or if Nketiah gets recalled. Or maybe something to do with Casilla, depending on if he gets the suspension or not. Yeah, and I think you know you've got to add Bielsa to that mix. We we we've seen Bielsa be unhappy bringing in players late in a in a summer transfer window because he doesn't get enough time to work with them. So I think this is a similar thing. What if you're going to bring someone into the system that late on in 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 the season, you, you're going to have to have a fairly good idea that they're going to be able to fit in that system. And you know we've seen we've seen. Helder Costa still not really fitting in the system that well, and he's had s- mm. seven seven yeah. months to do that. Helder Costa and Nketia, name me a championship side that doesn't put them in the starting lineup Absolutely. every week. It's the manager that doesn't. Mm. Yeah. Bielsa wants people who know him and know his players and know his side 
whatever the situation because they he changes the formation now every like 10 minutes in a match sometimes <laughs> and so if they don't know where they're going where they're meant to be the whole thing falls apart yeah i think we'll i think we'll bring in young players to go into the under 23s yeah i think we'll bring in loan players to replace people leaving i think that's all we'll do in this january there is another player that kevin phillips believes Leeds United should sign yeah. we always like to chuck in who was the random name we had a couple yeah, of weeks ago was it? it was someone random that thought you should sign so Paul Robertson Darren, maybe was it Darren Bent was in there as well yeah, so ben, last yeah week. Bent was in yeah. there yeah so we like to throw one in Kevin Phillips he believes Jared Bowen is the answer for Leeds uh, in January uh, how Jared Bowen did not get signed by some lower league anyone yeah. l- lower Premier League <laughs> very side. good I player I do not yeah. understand yeah. that that he's he makes whole a mid-table championship side otherwise they are fighting relegation and um, I no, he won't go to the championship. There'll be someone will have to pay good money, fifteen mil plus for him. Yeah. As long as I, I don't know his contract situation, but assuming he's on another two three years, there's no way he doesn't go for at least cost of money. He's he, what if it was a one season wonder type thing, and he didn't quite do it this season. But he's done the exact same thing again. Yeah. Someone, if you are Brighton, I was going to say it's very similar to the Neil Morpé yeah, kind of signing. Exactly. Isn't it? It's a solid sensible signing for the for premiership money it's really not that much like 15 million for a gamble where you've got a guy who scores goals goal scorers in the premier league now mm. are obscene money i mean mm. spurs gambled 10 10 million on jack, jack clark. clark yeah and like why not gamble <laughs> that 10 million on, yeah. on I, jared I, that's absolutely bizarre to me that they would go in yeah. we when we saw the money for clark we were like Really? So he, he, <laughs> he, he, he had a couple. Of, he had us. a couple of good games. He got ill and then wasn't as good afterwards. Yeah. And, we, and we were just like, yeah, sure, yeah, fine. Getting back on loan, fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> job done. Okay, next up on the Leeds United fan show, it's that moment we all love those listener questions. For the fans, by the fans, love sport radio. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast. And up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Go. It's the Leeds United fan show here on Love Sport with me, Matt Beadle, and the boys from All Stats, aren't we? John McKenzie and Mark Thompson. Right, we're going to move on to listener questions now. We're going to go on from... The... <laughs> so, John's looking at me funny because he's just eaten a, a cornflake cluster chocolate cluster bite, which is delightful. And it's my fault because I brought them in. So, um, yeah, we'll just let you get I'm rid ready of those. To go there now. we go. We're good. We're good to go. Right, we were talking about January. We're thinking that maybe not much money is going to be spent, but we've got a couple of questions about the situation in January. First one from Barney. I'd really like everyone's thoughts on the news that came out yesterday regarding Orta saying it's going to be a quiet January. You alluded to that, Mark, of course. It's no real surprise. But if we got one player in, who would you want it to be and which position are we lacking in to make it finally click? That was followed up by Sahil D, who said, if you hypothetically had three million to buy one player in Jan, who would it be? Yeah, what does three million get you in January? Yeah, yeah not very difficult. It's- You'd have to go through League Two. Yeah, we've been discussing this. It's interesting. The one player who always gets linked to us is Marcus Madison at Peterborough. Mm. It's top assist maker in League One last year. Yep, doing pretty much similar this year, scoring again. There's just a thing in my head that says, "Why has no one got him yet?" There must be an attitude problem. There must be something. That someone does because apparently he's got a release of about two and a half, three million. Really, and so if that's if that is accurate, I, I'm sure Peterborough, do, being Peterborough, will have all these various add-ons and all the rest of it. But his his celebrations 
would suggest that there's something about his attitude. Mm. He's one of those, you look at celebrations, you think, oh. But his stats with regards to Isa and Tony as well are just ridiculous. I think they've scored, it's something like, of Peterborough's 40-plus goals, they've scored something like 88% of them. It's yeah. ridiculous. And they're playing really well at the moment, yeah. Peterborough yeah. too. So, yeah, it would be, it'd be great. It'd be great to get someone in like that. If if he has an attitude problem, it wouldn't. Because I think we've just we've spent a, spent the summer sorting out our own attitude yeah. problems, and I think we're in quite a nice place right now. Um, it, it only happens if Jack Clark gets goes back to Spurs. We, yeah. we, we, we all expect him to because he's what made. I think Spurs should take him they, back. I mean, is he, he's, he's not just doing a, good for him, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's not. It's not a good place. He's playing him. the odd under twenty three match. Like if he sticks around, they'll play. You'll play in the FA Cup. But I mean, this is a guy who's meant to be England under twenty one type player. Mm. He's meant to be the new Spurs winger. Every Spurs fan I know is trying to get an update on him. It's like well, there's nothing to update you with. He's been the same player as he was since he got ill in, in, uh, on the bench against Middlesbrough. Um, we were excited for him before that. We've not seen anything of that type of player since. Um, is, is, so, that, is that poor from Spurs? Is that poor scouting? Lack of due diligence on the player that they were getting? It's a punt. Like I don't. It was them saying we want a young player that we think they want a new bail that they can mm-hmm. work up into something into a new star. It was the Bielsa Pochettino overlap yeah. as well, which I, I guess may may have tipped it for Pochettino being like he's working. He's worked with Bielsa for 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 a season. It would be great to have him in our side because because the mm. sides play similar football and so you know that he's going to be able to do what but, you want him to do. But that was the suggestion was that Pochettino took one look at him in training and went no send him back. It was, it was, it was not meant he was not meant to come back to us on loan. Right. Um, and the idea was that someone else at the club had scouted him said yes he'll work for us and then Pochettino took one look in training and was no he's not he's not up to speed yet. Mm. But anyway going back to actually players coming in mm. um, I think the the one thing that I always get nervous about is Calvin Phillips because there is not a player like him in the championship. There just isn't. And anyone who loses someone like him at any point for either a suspension or if he does get a, like a foreshore type injury that just drags on and on, who who comes in for him? Um, and that would be, even if we got rid of Clark, my temptation would actually use that squad position to bring in someone to cover... DM someone who can play defensive midfield and drop back into centre back. The difficulty is, I think, that in January you can't bring someone in who isn't going to play yeah. unless you're unless you're basically scraping the barrel and bringing in someone who you kind of think, well, would we want them anyway? No, and, um, and it's also such a key position in the Bielsa system. Yeah, uh, it, it's really uh, that's I think Foyth at Spurs. If he if he went completely off the rails at Spurs and they were never going to play him, someone of that quality you might be able to use mm. but I, it's hard to find that person i wouldn't change anything at this point but you know you know me trust the process, trust the process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. leave as is okay moving on <laughs> to a question from matt duncan how many points do you think we will be on at christmas and what league position will that be actually a really good question actually i've, I've enjoyed thinking about this so i, I did a few things i've looked at the, so the, the list of teams that we're playing in between now and christmas are luton away reading away borough at home huddersfield away Hull at home, Cardiff at home, and then Fulham away, which is a really nice run of fixtures uh, on apart paper. From away. <laughs> apart from Fulham away, yeah. Um, yeah, because the last time Mark was on, he told us about the, our record against teams. Uh, lead, Bielsa's London got teams. one point in London. That's mad. <laughs> <laughs> one point. One point. Wow. Yeah. So we'll take a draw at Fulham away. <laughs> yeah. um, if if you work if you work out how many uh, we're currently at one point nine three points per game uh, this season. Um, if you if you work that out for those that for that for those games you basically end up with 13 points that would take us to 44 points. Uh, this time last season we were on 48 points at the top of the table. Norwich were second with 47, and then there's a drop off to West Brom at 42. Um, so you, you have to say at this point the 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 championship table is looking quite different now mm-hmm. to the way it, w- it was last season. So I think that 48 is quite high. It's quite a high points total. Uh, I don't think it will be that high for uh, this this time round. So I think if you if you if you take it like that, forty four points will probably be good enough for second or third. Um, I then went through and did like a conservative estimate of like how I would um, uh, expect the games to go. So I had a win at Luton, a win at Reading, a win at Borough, a win at Huddersfield, a draw at Hull, a draw at Cardiff, and a loss at Fulham. Mm. That was like my 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 um, conservative one. That was fourteen points. So it's only one point 
better than what we're actually doing at the moment. Uh, that takes us to 45 points. If we won all of them, it would be 52 points. So um, I, I, I'm I, going to say that we'll be around for I think 45 is a good conservative estimate. Uh, and I think that won't be good enough for first place, but I think it'll be good enough to be in the hunt for first place. And I think West Brom will be top of the table at Christmas. Yeah, I, I had I had second on 46 points was my punt. But they, they sort of, the only caveat to that is that um, we have played most of the top half of the table. Yeah. It was one of the interesting things is that we've played more of the top six than both Fulham and West Brom combined. Hmm. They've, they've only played two each, and we've played all of them. Yeah. Um, Fulham is the only... We have a terrible Christmas run where we've got Fulham, West Brom, um, and uh, Sheffield Wednesday as well, which all look like quite difficult games on paper. The Gary Monk derby. It's always tough. As always. But we have this this run of five games here, which ties in with what we had at the same stage last season where we went on this run of about seven games in a row which we won um, we need to do that again because you need that momentum going into that winter period which always seems to trip us up I think we're much more consistent this year than we were last year Um, and that that run that we had at Christmas last season, I think, was a bit lucky. There was a few mm. games we were Villa and Blackburn. Villa and Blackburn. Obviously, we were two 0 down at Villa, and we came back three two. Blackburn were like two one up, and we came back and won three two with with late goals. And we didn't look convincing in those games. We we did what we needed to do to get there. But these days, I just see us being even if we even if we aren't winning or if we're dropping points, we we're still looking um, in control and we're still looking like the team on top. And I think. You can't you can't do that for so long and not come out with with points total. So I think I think we'll be all right. Yeah, that's what Adam Forshaw said, didn't he? Yeah, so we have to be lucky with injuries like Forshaw's though, because mm. there are certain players like like Ben White, like Calvin Phillips, where if they are out for spells, then mm. we might start looking a little bit different. But right now, I think every Leeds fan is pretty comfortable with where we are. As long as you're not top, by Chris. There's another <laughs> layer to this question as well, isn't there? Twenty years on. Since Leeds United were top at oh. Christmas in the Premier oh, League, no. their highest finish at that time, or the highest point, well, the highest finish at the end of the season since 1992, of course, when you won yeah. the league, but top at Christmas in that 1990. Yes, absolutely. Last team to top the uh, the Premier League in the 90s, and then it all went wrong. But the other thing is that the last time we got promoted, Liverpool won the, the top league. So, I mean, that's not looking too bad. There you go, of course. Good knowledge, good stat. Right, Loney returns. Now we have the news. We can relax about Ben Maldini staying for the rest of the season. Which one of our rivals, Loney's, being recalled by their parent club would benefit our promotion push the most? Well, West Brom are obviously going to be the favourites to, to chase us for the top top spot. So two of their two of their um, Loney's, I think, Mateus Pereira, and then uh, back to, I think it's ben, is it Benfica? Is it? I think it's mm, Benfica. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and then Dian Garner back back to West Ham. If those two, he's spoken about how much he wants to succeed at West Ham mm. as well, hasn't he? This week, <laughs> yeah, Dian Garner was the first name I wrote down as soon as I saw this question. Yeah. He's the one who looks threatening. He's the one who makes things happen for them. Um, and, and because of what happened to Harvey Barnes last year as well, it would be such a shame for West Brom <laughs> <laughs> if that were to happen twice in a row. Um, also, I mean. Fulham's two of Fulham's star players are Knockart and Cav- Cavaliero, and they're both on loan. Wouldn't wouldn't be a shame if they guys <laughs> go back. I, I don't think it's going to happen because I'm sure their loan fees are obscene, and they're playing most weeks. So yeah. that I assume I'm sure f- they're loving playing for Scott Parker as well. You know <laughs> what's not to like about that ambulatory <laughs> football where you pass the ball between the centre backs a thousand times a game. Oh, uh, nice, nice. Some shade, yeah. some championship shade. Can we have Mitrovic though? I think. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That was from H40. So thank you for that question, H. Uh, moving on to Harrison. Why do fans rate Harrison so much? That's from Mickey P. Kerr. You've misread that question quite badly. <laughs> you said rate. Hate. Hate. Did I say rate? <laughs> you did. Yeah. Did I? I meant. Wow. There we <laughs> Those go. Those are two different questions. So you can answer yeah. both of them if you want. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't aware that fans did hate Harrison so much. I think it's an ambivalence more than a hatred because last season it was more of a hatred because he played every week and he never scored and he never got assists. The difference is this season he is he's our top assist maker and if you take assists and goals combined he's also at the top of that chart as well. Um, the problem is that he isn't the sexy winger that everyone loves to watch. Like he doesn't skin players and whack a ball onto the six-yard box onto Bamford's head and watch it go to the corner flag. It's <laughs> like what he does is he has an amazing first touch. He works really hard, 
and he likes to take on the same player four times and then maybe something will happen. The the problem is that he what he I think for a fan, you want Costa to be the guy who's getting all these goals and assists, and then you can get really excited about him. He's so important for the system because uh, so much of it, everything goes through him. We we basically we we isolate to uh, we we basically um, overload to isolate. So we get everyone. Either the ball will go quickly down the the left wing, or the the ball will be played around by players on the right hand side, and then the ball will be sent over to him. Um, and it just means that everything goes through him. And so I think part of the problem is is that all of the problems that he has as an individual are augmented by the fact that we actually rely on him to do the same thing a lot of the time. So I think that's the that's the, resu- the, the, the result of that is that he makes more mistakes than other people because he has the ball more than other people. Mm. So, Okay, we've got time for one more from the three. The other two we'll probably get on to next week, especially the one from LUFC Meal Deal. What a great name that is. <laughs> this one's from Brentford FC Tactical. Ollie Watkins, knowing everything you know about the two players, would you take... Ooh, a like-for-like like swap of Bamford for Watkins. No, because they're not like-for-like. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, that's the simplest answer. We, we, we can take him and we can send Jack Clark away back to Spurs and that'd be great. Uh, and then we have a, a winger who's an option as a number nine. But Bamford is not that. Like it, it, I, I like Ollie Watkins, but again, he's going to go to the Premier League at some point, I think. Unless it, it's, one of, it's one of those classic Sheffield United-type signings. Someone who... Hmm is probably too good for this level right now, but it takes a promoted side to take a risk on him because an established Premier League side probably won't. If you were talking about this in business terms, I think you probably would yeah, take yeah. it. Because Mon- I think, yeah, monetarily. Yeah, I think yeah. Watkins has got a higher ceiling than, than Bamford does right now, so I think that you would do it on that, but we need Bamford because we don't have a huge amount of strikers. Especially whilst Nketiah is injured. Yeah. Like, hopefully he comes back after the international break, but... Yeah, right now, it's, it's a very simple answer to that question. We're not saying that one's a better player than the other, but we're saying that, for the like, especially with Bielsa, you need a balance, and uh, we that would really imbalance us. Yep, indeed it would. Right, this is the Leeds United fan show. After this, we are definitely going to be speaking <laughs> to Amo Dalton from the Square Ball. We've all got one, and we're not afraid to put it on display. Our opinions, that is. Share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558. Love Sport Radio, your fan station. The Leeds United fan show on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with John McKenzie from All Stats, aren't we? Joined as well by Mark Thompson from All Stats, aren't we? My producer Paddy's shouting at me because I asked him whether we had Amo Dalton on, who we're desperate to get on the show, but he's not here yet. So before he comes on, gents, very, very quickly, we can touch on Neil Warnock. Of course, mm-hmm. he has departed from Cardiff the last City. Person, <laughs> the last person in the world I'd like to touch on, to be honest. Uh, but I'm just very quickly keen to get your thoughts on Neil Warnock. Was with Leeds for just the one season, right? Didn't go well. I thought at the time that oh, I think a lot of people thought that is the perfect fit at the perfect time for Leeds United. And it just, <laughs> just didn't work. It turned toxic so quickly. I think we'd had a bit of a run-in with him over the seasons before. Um, and he obviously had a relationship with Kevin Blackwell when he was mm-hmm. our manager before as well. Um, and I think there was some hope that he was going to be the man to get us up, but whilst Ken Bates was there, I don't think we were ever going to spend the kind of money that was needed to bring in the players that Warnock needed to get up. He can't just go into a club and turn people into six foot four giants to help play his way. Mm. He has to deal with what you've got and we didn't ever have the players that he needed to get up. And then he started turning on the club. There was this whole thing with the academy where apparently there was a division between what Neil Warnock wanted and what the academy wanted. We had all these great players. Uh although he says he's the man who made Sam Byram, so <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy to take that as an answer. I don't want to talk about Neil Warnock. He's an awful man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Scathing. Scathing from John McKenzie. Okay, we're still trying to get Amo on the line, I should say. So let's just quickly look ahead to fixtures coming up after the international break. Of course, it's Luton away. It's Reading away. I spoke to James Shea, actually, this week, the Luton goalkeeper. Really, really Really lovely. I had some positive things to say about Luke Ayling. They were in the Arsenal youth team together in that youth team of 2009 that won the Carl, double. Carl Bartley was in that. Yeah, wasn't yeah right. Bartley yeah. was there. Yeah, a lot of uh, Jack Wilshire, of course, and Francis Coquelin was there. Mm. Funny time that for Arsenal because it was full of players that they were hoping in that sort of post-Highbury slump of going to the Emirates and not doing anything that might lift the club. And I think there was far too much pressure on them because mm. now none of them 
remain, I don't think, at the club anymore. Uh, but Luke Ayling, he said, probably wasn't the most gifted of players at the club at the time, but because of his attitude, because of his application, a bit like Andy Hughes that we were speaking about off air just then, he's the one who's gone on to do well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there isn't a fan uh, of Leeds who doesn't like Luke Ayling in some way. He's very cheeky and uh, he has this, uh, we were talking about uh, the, the Ayling flop, the Ayling way of getting fouls <laughs> wherever he is on the pitch by just falling on the ball and every referee goes for it, so that's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of time for him, and he was—I think he was—he was a really important player for us last season. Um, this season, I think, given given that we've had a bit more flexibility in defence, it's not been so bad. But yeah, he's been really—he's been really important for the club under Bielsa, and he's one of those players who Bielsa loves because he is flexible. You can play him, you can move him around, and you'll know that he'll do the job. He had that injury at the start of the season as well, which could have hurt the club. But then Dallas steps right in as a an ailing Mark II and mm. we just realised that Dallas can be a duplicate of a lot of players it's like oh do you want to be a central midfielder yeah fine <laughs> left back yeah sounds great just uh, do you want to be what everyone thinks is going to be a left back and then turn up in midfield yeah it sounds good as well <laughs> literally the only position he doesn't play is the one that we thought that was his position like, <laughs> yeah. before Bielsa came along <laughs> And uh, we talked about that Instagram post last week. That was unfounded in the end because he did play Luke Ayling. He was fit. Do you remember his missus had posted yeah, something on, right. online? Um, right, we're going to move on to just some more listener questions just quickly before we finish. Changing minds, we've got one from Declan Gray. Since Bielsa has taken over as manager, I find myself looking at the game in a totally different way. I consider tactics, formations and playing styles more than I ever used to. Sounds like you, John. Is this a common theme generally now amongst our fan base, do you feel? Mark was saying this sounds like a planted question so that we can talk about all stats, aren't we? But yeah, I think I think so. Um, and we were having a laugh as well because we were, we were saying that, that actually our, our fan account works really well at the moment precisely because we have Bielsa. And uh, that, that that as soon as he goes, it may be the case that we don't actually uh, have, have the possibility to talk about tactics. Yeah, it, and stuff. it wouldn't have worked under Warnock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> we, yeah. We, people just wouldn't have been interested. Okay, we might elaborate on that one next week. But delighted to say, fellas, at long last, we have Amo Dalton from the Square Ball League United fan scene on the line. Amo, how are you doing? And thank you for joining us. Not too bad. I'm glad you've given me uh, the full hour to talk. I'm really looking forward to getting <laughs> to all the chat. <laughs> hey, Amos, it's John. Hey, John, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Could you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do at the Square Ball? Because I, I think a lot of people know you on Leeds Twitter, but I don't think a lot of people realise just quite how involved you are. Yeah, so I am the designer of the magazine, which so means that I would... Um, basically designed the magazine but I would work with all the illustrators I would work with some of the photographers some of the writers as well and just um, I suppose they kind of use the technical term the art direction but I, that's, mm-hmm. that's a bit uh, up myself but <laughs> it is kind of uh, basically directing what everyone is going to do so trying to work out what the best illustrations mm-hmm. are trying to think of topical things and, and all that sort of nonsense and trying to push it in as far a direction to strange and interesting things that we can. I was just going to talk about your relationship with the club, which seems like it's improved immeasurably over the last of 18 months, two years or so. Uh, and now, obviously, you've got this shirt that you were giving away uh, the, that Barardi gave to you. Yeah, no, it really has over the past few years. It, more or less ever since, um, well, without Ken Bates and, and Chilino and, and uh, GFH and all after all that, it, uh, the relationship really has improved and we've got to know Berardi and he's helped us out with this centenary shirt and that, that has really gone from strength to strength. Like we, when we first, up, uh, first put that up, we thought 1,500, 2,000 and it's up 25,000 now. It's really incredible. So the relationship with the club has improved a lot and um, hopefully it'll, it'll keep like that anyway. Um, although, to be honest, sometimes a bit of a fractious relationship with the owners probably helps sales, you know. <laughs> The more controversy you can get in there, uh, the better. But at the moment, uh, it's all good. And uh, obviously, some fans will know you for some of your viral content rather than your work at the Square Ball. Um, what is your favourite thing that's gone viral that you've done? Oh, I'm not sure now, to be honest. There's so many, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. To be, uh, maybe... It's not Leeds related, but I like my Chris Tarrant video where he repeats what people say to him on the phone. I quite like that one. Um, the Gary Monk one where he 
uh, it's like him, a clip of him keeping, uh, keep saying like the group and and all that kind of stuff. That was quite good. That's a bit of well. repetition. I love a bit of repetition. I love a bit of repetition. And it's quite easy to... The funny thing about that Gary Monk one was it was literally taken from about four press conferences. And was, he just said it so often. Uh, he, 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 just kept, uh, he just kept saying the same thing. So, yeah. How maybe do you, that. How do you see yourself on... Because obviously on Twitter, we were just we were talking to Matt and we were trying to explain hit to him your your sort of role on on twitter as a sort of uh, mark described you as as sort of a one-man joe um doing doing all of this stuff how do you how do you see your role on twitter do you do you, do you is it just something you do or do you do you ever think about like your responsibility to like the club or whatever in any in any in any sense i mean i'm glad he considers me a joke i mean that is quite that is nice but, um... <laughs> it's more joe the website Oh, sorry, I thought you said joke. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, I mean, to a certain extent, I would just you just you just say what you, what's on your mind. Really, I don't really think too much about um, if you're going to hurt anyone's feelings or step on anyone's toes. Although in my later years, I think I have mellowed to a certain degree. Where it seems that on a Saturday afternoon, I'm the most sane one on my timeline, and everyone's <laughs> like. If, if you're the most sane one, then we're really in trouble. So in recent years, I've just kind of like, that's ah, not too bad, you know? It could be worse. Amo, it's been great having you on, mate. I'm sure we'll have to get you on again to not just be a quick three minutes. I'm sure we'll get the number right next time. But thank you for joining us, buddy. <laughs> no problem at all. I'll talk to you again. That was Amo Dalton of the Square Ball Leeds United fan scene. And this has been the Leeds Fan Show on Love Sport with the guys from All Stats, aren't we? We'll see you next week. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.